from the traditional and ancestral lands of the Wasanish people, bordering on the land of the Lekwungen people. I am Michelle Seeley, and this is Amazing Places. I'd like to welcome Jean Petko to Amazing Places. She's an award-winning journalist and writer in the media world, and now she's written a children's book entitled Rumpa and the Snufflewort. Welcome, Jean. Thank you very much, Michelle. I'm so happy to be here. Fabulous. Oh, first off, can you tell us about the premise of the book and what was your inspiration for writing it? Absolutely. So the story uh, features two siblings named Jacob and Bailey, who in no way are meant to represent my own children, Jacob and Bailey. That's just <laughs> completely coincidence. So one morning as they're getting ready for school, since most of my life feels like we're just getting ready for school, that's, that's sort of how our world is at my house. <laughs> extra peculiar and unexplainable event happens in their home. And then a little while later, they come across some magical creatures connected to these unexplainable events oh. and uh, recruit these two siblings to go on a rescue mission that, you know, involves the cat that might be a dragon. <laughs> so it's a rompy adventure with two siblings that sort of has them, you know, interacting the way that siblings do and that loves mm -hmm. You're so annoying kind of way. And then these snuffleworts, aka garden gnomes. <laughs> well, it sounds like fun. I posted this week on how it's supposed to be a children's book, yet I was giggling by page three, which just for reference, it's actually only page two of the written part because page one is a very important document that relates to the beginning of the story. If you ever want to know about the charter of rights written by a child, that would be it. So... <laughs> Exactly. Written by my daughter. And we'll get to their many contributions at some point. Excellent. Well, let's talk about that. You wrote this book with your children, uh, having yeah. three contributing authors, two of whom are children. It must have made for an interesting way to write a book. Yeah. So this takes me back to your question about the inspiration for the book. So it's not like the three of us sat down and wrote a book together. This idea brewed between the three of us for many years, which started... The brewing started was when we went to visit the lieutenant governor's house in Victoria, the beautiful gardens. If you live in Victoria, you know them. Mm -hmm. And after our afternoon of wandering there with my two children, my daughter told me that she had so wanted to pick some flowers, but she was very afraid that the garden gnomes would chase her down had she picked flowers. So on the ride home, in this way that we use language between the three of us in this very Dr. Seuss kind of way, the garden gnomes became snufflewort. And then the humans became the rumpa. And that probably happened about five years ago when we had this joke about the rumpa and the snufflewort. And every time we went out, we saw a garden gnome in someone's yard. We'd laugh and say, there's a snufflewort. And then we sort of ended up in COVID. Mm -hmm. And we're at home, the three of us, and we're kind of sick of each other. We're kind of sick of all the books that we were reading every night. And they're all so earnest and just not very funny. So last year around this time, I just had this sense of determination. Okay, I'm going to write a book. And I wrote the first chapter and I read it to them. But at the same time, I would ask them things like, I need uh, something magic for this book. Something magic has to happen. So my son Jacob came up with the bubbles. So the bubbles mm -hmm. are magic, uh, or as we call them in the book, circle wafters. And as I said, there's a lot of language play in the book. We make up words a lot. And I, my children and I would do that piece together. So mm -hmm. a lawnmower becomes a, a lawn muncher. Uh, mm -hmm. 
terrifying creature who I won't reveal what it actually is, is a green vaga. So they gave me a lot of inspiration for that, but also around, you know, plot twists. Did you think this was funny? And then other stuff I would write, think was hilarious. They were like, no, mom, that's not going to cut it. So, um, <laughs> but when it comes to the humor of the book, I wouldn't say like there's some stuff for kids and some, some stuff for grownups. I think it's written on the level of, and you'll know this if you're a parent or you hang out with kids, you just sort of play and converse in a, a meeting kind of place between the three of you and you mm-hmm. little culture and your own sort of way of talking about the world in a way that's funny for all of you. It's not like kids jokes and grown-ups jokes. It's these, these jokes that you all have together. And that's how I sort of wrote the book is in that meeting place between parents and their children and how they look at the world and how they find humor together and and through language and making up songs and just sort of how through sort of absurd wordplay you 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 connect with each other and create this own culture within your house right and it that comes through very much so you know in the the made up word and just the concepts and i wondered if it was written now that i have a better understanding because I'd wondered if it was written at that two-level kind of story writing where it's entertaining for children, but it's also entertaining for adults. And certainly as a parent, especially about Jacob's reason for leaving toys strewn across the living room floor, made so much sense to me as an adult, like as a parent, thinking about the stories that kids make up. And it's not that they're trying to you know, lie or anything. It's just they've got a perfectly to them reasonable explanation for why they do things. Doesn't really make sense as an adult <laughs> But it does to kids. And my son, Jacob, he's a real storyteller. He makes Mm. up, or my son, Jacob, (laughs) Jacob and Jacob, you know, he (laughs) makes up these stories and I see how he creates these things. And and that gave the book from his perspective because he has this very sort of magic realism approach to the universe. And I can say it's so authentic. It feels like it was written by kids and and a parent for kids and parents because that's it just comes through to me as a very realistic look at at a fantastical tale but that's really neat and fun for everybody do would you mind giving us a little bit of a reading oh i would love to give you a bit of a reading <laughs> let's obviously <laughs> <laughs> so let's set the stage so this is chapter 3 we had the magical event which involved bubbles to school and they met with their friends and Jacob's sister Bailey's made it clear that they have to keep this magical event quiet because people are going to think them odd if they start talking about magical bubbles. So they're in their backyard and they're playing soccer and once again the magical bubbles make an appearance. What's wrong? called out Bailey but Jacob didn't bother to answer. The bubbles pouring out of the spout offered all the reply that was necessary. Bailey ran over to stand next to her brother as a seemingly endless supply of bubbles filled the yard around them. And they heard a yell, a yell that was both big and small, or rather a yell that belonged to someone both grown up and not grown up at all. In other words, a very tiny grandpa in a red hat with a red face. Turn off the river maker, yelled the knee-high creature with more authority than you would expect someone the size of a coffee maker to possess. You are going to be running down the magic. Jacob, who was not used to taking orders from people shorter than him, decided it was still best to obey. The little man's face was now redder than his hat, and it didn't look healthy. Once Jacob had turned off the tap, the man clapped his hands together twice, and instantly all the bubbles in the backyard vanished. Then Jacob, Bailey, and the extra peculiar and unexplainable creature in a red hat stood in a triangle and stared at each other. 
Jacob was relieved to see the wrinkly face slowly fade to a lighter shade of ketchup. Bailey stepped forward to get a closer look at this garden invader, making Jacob unexpectedly grateful that he wasn't an only child. He thought he was probably extra lucky that his sibling was a girl too. His friend Grandin had an older brother who once put his underwear in the freezer. When Grandin finally discovered his underwear stuffed between packs of frozen blueberries, they were icy and hard and smelled a little bit like fish. Are you a garden gnome? Bailey had always taken the fastest route between a question and an answer, even if it wasn't the most polite. A garden gnome? A garden gnome? Shrieked the small being in response. Jacob was distressed to see the color of the creature's face once again change to match his red hat. Please do not be using this name. It is a most insult. I come from a long line of the ancient and the wise. We are known to be called Snufflebort. Before he could catch himself, Jacob let out a snort of laughter. He wasn't sure how wise these creatures were if they thought the name Snufflebort was an improvement on garden gnome. Like a lumpy growth on your toe that occasionally caught a cold. But you're the, the things, you know, that sit in gardens like decorations, continued Bailey, unfazed by the outraged Snufflewort. Shaking his head, the Snufflewort took off his red pointed hat, scratched his white hair, and then put his hat back on. He was much calmer when he finally responded to Bailey. This was our way of being among Rumpa. We are liking of the garden spaces. Rumpa are liking us in the garden spaces. It was an arrangement most pleasing to everyone, the Snufflewort explained. Uh, what's a rumpa? Yakov finally found the courage to put his first question to the creature. That's obviously us, Bailey informed him. They're the sniffly things and we're the rumps. He turned back to the snufflewort and asked, and then something changed with the garden situation. Yakov's sister had a nose for smelling trouble, the way that Yakov's ears could hear a bag of potato chips being opened two rooms away. But before the snufflewort could respond, their mother's voice rang out from the kitchen window, Jacob, Bailey, time for lunch. The snufflewort looked around with fear and then quickly continued. You do not need to be knowing the whole of the happy, then sad story of snufflewort. You only need to be leaving the magic alone. What magic, inquired Jacob. The magic in the water, replied the snufflewort. You mean the bubbles? Jacob asked with growing excitement. I can hardly wait to finish. <laughs> there you go. I know I, I didn't like doing that at all. It was really hard. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> Not one bit. My theatrical, I started as a playwright. What can I say? So it's, it's all theater to me. Interesting. Now, did you ever think of being a children's writer? Did you always want to be a children's book writer? No, I have spent my whole life reading Ian Rankin and Elizabeth George and these great crime mystery writers. So I assumed I was going to write, write a, a great crime novel. I even wrote one about a radio journalist. <laughs> but, um, that died about halfway in. So, but then, then this came in six weeks. You can't argue when a book just writes itself, right? So. No, nope, that's true. You never know what pandemic project is going to just going to pop up. <laughs> exactly. Time. Well, part, part two, snufflewort and who knows. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> no. Listeners that haven't read the story yet might not understand, but I'm really curious. Are slip sliders a real thing? So slip sliders are Jacob's toy. And this was important to me because part of surviving COVID for our family was my son had these spinning toys. They weren't slip sliders. Slip sliders are made up, but they're similar to slip sliders. 
for a nine-year-old to be suddenly cut off from his friends, stuck at home with his mom who likes to read books and his sister who likes to do art, that's really hard. So I, I could see, and I would, I would buy him one of these new spinning toys every week, which was in normal times would have been like an extraordinary sort of expense. But because of COVID, we just had to do it. He had sort of had to give him something that could sort of keep him going with his imagination. So the slip sliders are, are based on sort of this need during the pandemic to, to for my son to have these toys that inspired his imagination. That's wonderful. Well, and it is a book full of imagination. I particularly like the bird descriptions of the mother and how she sounds like a particular bird or two, depending on the time of day. Is that something that you came up with describing yourself or did your children come up with describing you? I came up with it, but they agree that it's, <laughs> you know, I sound like a cockatoo and other times of the day, I sound like a parrot. So no, the book starts, like I said, with them getting ready for school in the morning. And it's just mm-hmm. that, that tension, that swirl of a parent of grabbing your things and get ready. And you, you know, when I'm an artist and I'm a writer and I never thought I would be someone who just like nagged people to brush their teeth over and over again. And, you know, get your, now we have to say, get your masks and that sort of thing. So right. it's just capturing that sort of the, the almost the, the everydayness, but the richness of that situation. I brought back memories of when my children were that age and that <laughs> rushed to get ready for school in the morning. Oh, it's such good ones, right? You missed it, right? <laughs> you don't need to sip your coffee and drink, a, read a newspaper. Come on. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's way too much fun to rush around. Exactly. So tell us about where listeners can find your book to purchase so that they too can enter this magical world of Rumpa and the Stuff Award. Absolutely. So on Saturday, the 4th of December, we are at the James Bay Dickens Fair uh, at the James Bay School. Uh, So we'll be there from 10 to 4. So that's great. After that, it's available at Lazy Susan's on Fort Street in Victoria. And uh, in Duncan, you can get it at Volume 1 Bookstore. The Pharmasave in James Bay also has it. And failing that, you can just email me at snufflewart. You'll have to Google the spelling, snuffle at gmail.com. Wonderful. We'll put those locations and link on our socials as well so that people can find that in case they forget. So reminder to people, if you're listening on Friday, tomorrow, Saturday, the 4th, the James Bay Market, go and visit, go and get your very own copy. And since Jean will be there, you can even get an autographed copy, which makes a wonderful Christmas present. That's right. And Michelle, and I just wanted to point out one of the biggest ways that my children contributed to the book, which you also mentioned so far, and that's they did all the illustrations for the book. Ah, okay. Water Haley did the cover, which is this vibrant purple and blue cover that she created all on her own that is so vibrant. We say people come for the cover and they stay for the words. And then when you open the book, you've got all these drawings, both by my son, Jacob, and by my daughter, Haley. And you know, when I considered going to the publisher, I was told that you're going to have to work with an artist. They're not, they're not going to let you use your children's artwork. So I decided that because this was a family project, mm-hmm. a job that in order to maintain the integrity of this is something that I did with my children, that we would just publish this ourselves. And that way I could keep their art. And I'm so happy I made that decision. Mm-hmm. They're really talented and it just, it is our project. And because they know the story, the illustrations match perfectly 
to the spirit of the words. And I also like the idea of empowering children to see they can publish a book. They can do art that's published in a book. What can they, they do next? I mean, our family is very active. We have Orange Shirt Day fundraising. So I'm really trying to raise children who feel like they can change the world or do things as opposed to that stuff sort of belonging to grownups, you know, right? really to make them feel empowered. Absolutely. It's starting that real community aspect of this at a really young age that they can participate in the community. They have the knowledge and the, and the imagination to help the rest of us (laughs) envision what community can be, which includes local books and local authors and local artists. Exactly. And you can see all those at the fair tomorrow. That's wonderful. I think it's so much fun. I can hardly wait to finish the story. Well, I don't know if you realize, but I actually sat down the street and started reading it when I was. You writing. didn't. Well, you posted pretty quickly. I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> like right You're not it. the first adult who's like sent me a note saying, oh my God, really? Like, and I think it's because it is that Dr. Seuss universe that we connect with, you yeah. know, it's like grownups get Dr. Seuss, like that book, Places You'll Go yeah. is the most amazing mental health support book I've ever <laughs> And the kids are like, oh, this is fun. I'm like, no, no, unslumping yourself can be really hard sometimes. Unslumping, <laughs> yes. Well, thank you very much, Jean, for coming on today and sharing a reading with your book and the background of your book and the inspiration and telling us about the normal everyday adventures that a family can have and how it turns into a fabulous book for everybody to read. And hopefully people will this this year. And Heichka Siem to you, Michelle. Thank you for lifting up our story and sharing our story. It's an honor to share it here. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Great to have you. Take care. Bye, Jean. This has been another episode of Amazing Places. With gratitude for our guests and listeners, I'm Michelle Seeley. Thanks for listening.